Amen. How many believe that Jesus is the Son of the living God? Amen. How many believe He's alive forevermore? He holds the keys of hell and death in His hands. Amen. This morning. How many believe that salvation is in the name of Jesus Christ? Amen. How many believe that healing is in the name of Jesus? Amen. There's deliverance in the name of Jesus this morning. Amen. Amen. I just want to worship the King for a moment. Can we just lift our hands and just give honor to where honor is due? To our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. He is the Holy One, the Righteous One, the Wisdom of God, the first and the last, the beginning and the end. Hallelujah. He's the author and the finisher of our faith. Amen. Lord, you are our champion, our Savior, our Redeemer, Lord. It wouldn't be right if we didn't lift our hands and say, God, we give you the honor and the glory and the, Lord, the praise that you deserve this morning. Hallelujah. And Lord, we recognize that you are, Lord, you are over all principalities and powers this morning. Lord, you've got authority over all sickness and disease, over all, Lord, those that are captive. Lord, you've got the key to their freedom this morning. Hallelujah. We thank you, Lord, today. Hallelujah. Can you just bless the Lord? Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. Before you're seated. Man, it's good to see everybody here today. Before you see, maybe you can just turn and look at somebody's smile and say, I'm so glad you're here today. You might have to yell it through your mask or whatever. Just say, it's good to see you. Amen. You may be seated. Amen. Amen. And everyone in the balcony. I don't, I don't usually preach to the balcony, but today I guess I could. Amen. Hallelujah. And uh, so good to see everybody here today. And... Um, we, we kind of just hung back a little bit last week and, and uh, kind of, you know, got refreshed a little bit. And <clears throat> so, so thankful for that. Amen. How many are just still, you're, you're just blessing the Lord today because His mercy is brand new today. Amen. His goodness lasts a lifetime. Amen. And how many just say, uh, with the prophet of old, the mercy of the Lord endures forever. Amen. Hallelujah. I'm so glad for that today. So glad that I know Him. I'm so glad that I know Jesus. Amen. And so glad that He knows me. Amen. I discovered that when I got born again. I discovered that He's always known me. He's always loved me. He's always pursued me. Amen. He's always called me and destined me to be saved. Come on, somebody. Amen. It was in His will from the very beginning that I was born again. Amen. That I would come to the knowledge of Him and experience His love and His mercy and Embrace, amen, this relationship. How many lift your hand to heaven and say, I'm so thankful for the Lord, amen. So thankful for Jesus Christ, amen. You know, uh, someone said this last year that the word corona comes from a Latin word that means a crown or a wreath or a garland. You know, how many have heard that? That's where they get it and it looks like a crown. And, uh, you know, many people thought it was very interesting that in the book of Revelation that the Antichrist will come and he'll receive a crown and and that he'll, you know, be the false Christ to deceive many. So many people look at it and they could see that as, well, the coronavirus is just part of the Antichrist taking over the world and becoming one world order and all that. And, but, you know, I choose to look at it a little bit different. I don't know about you, but the Bible says that Jesus had a crown pray, placed on his head. And by his stripes, I am healed. Amen. He was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. Amen. And by his stripes, what we are healed. Amen. And I'm so thankful this morning that Jesus Christ took that crown in my place. Aren't you glad for that? 
Come on, hallelujah. Aren't you glad that no disease is greater than the power of God? No sickness, no ailment, no, no pandemic is greater than our God. Amen. Isn't that awesome? And I'm so thankful about that. And how many know it's just all in the way you look at it, isn't it? Sometimes it's just in the way you look at it, isn't it? Amen. I hope you're looking uh, through God's eyes this morning, and I hope you're seeing what God sees today. Amen. God sees, amen, you and your family. He sees your future. He knows what's going on in the church. He sees our nation. He sees the world. And uh, God is not nervous. I, I hope I came to the right church. God is not nervous. Amen. Everything is according to His plan. Everything's according to His will and uh, His divine purpose. That's what the Bible says. And so I'm thank, thankful today that we are standing in the will of God. Amen. Amen. Aren't you glad for that? I believe that it's important that we never lose sight of the cross of Calvary. That we never lose sight of what God did for us. Amen. How many know in the Old Testament, God told the children of Israel, don't ever forget me. Don't ever forget me. In the New Testament, Jesus said, you drink this cup and take this bread in remembrance of me. Don't ever forget the cross of Jesus Christ. Amen. Don't ever forget, amen, what Jesus went through and how he paid the price for us and he died and after th three days, he rose again, and he's seated at the right hand of the Father. And how many know he's coming back? How many believe that today? How many believe that Jesus is alive? Amen. Come on, I'm trying to get you out of your quarantine. Amen. Amen. Mode this morning. And, uh, and just kind of just get a little excited. And, you know, sometimes we think that we worship when everything's going good. Anybody? When you're, when you're well, and you've got a good job, and... You know, but how many know the Bible teaches that every, every hour, every moment of our, every season of our lives, I mean, God deserves our praise. Amen. How many know we don't wait till things get good and perfect before we worship God? Amen. I mean, we worship God no matter what's going on. We praise God no matter how we feel. Whether you can lift your arms or not, amen, God is worthy of praise. There's a way that you can worship God. Is that right? Amen. You say, Brother Matt, you're just talking. Yep, I'm just talking. Amen. This morning, I'm trying to encourage you. Amen, in the faith, and kind of checking out who's here this morning. <clears throat> and, uh, uh, but anyways, I, I have a word from, I've, I didn't say the word of the Lord, but just a word today. And I'm going to say for the third week in a row that I've been preaching, you know, the Lord's just changed it again. So, I mean, maybe someday I'll get to that series and we'll, 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 we'll do work on that. We'll get there. And, uh, but I just felt like, you know, God just give him a fresh word today again to me in my heart and so if you'll turn your bibles with me or click in your device to john chapter 14 we're going to start there john chapter 14 from john 14 on on he we began to see jesus begins to talk about uh he's leaving and how that he is preparing the disciples for what's going to take place and so from john 14 on to john 20 and you see that he begins to uh talk to them about what's going to happen and uh, Jesus had to prepare their hearts because they just weren't ready for it. And so, but he begins to talk about uh, what's going to happen after he leaves. And in John chapter 14, starting verse 16, I don't know if I mentioned that, verse 16, he says this, <clears throat> he says, when I, when I go away, I will pray the Father and he will give you another comforter and he may abide with you forever, that he may abide with you forever. Even the Spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive, because it seeth him not, neither knows him. But you know him, for he dwells with you and shall be in you. Verse 26. 
But the Comforter, which is the Holy Ghost, whom the Father will send in my name, he shall teach you all things and bring all things to your remembrance whatsoever I have said unto you. In John chapter 16, of course he says it in John 15, but we won't read that. I'll just skip over to John 16 for the sake of time. He says this in verse 13. So in John 16, 13, he says, How be it when he, the Spirit of truth, has come, he will guide you into all truth, for he shall not speak of himself, but whatsoever he shall hear, that shall he speak. Yes, I'm reading out of the King James. You can read out of the New King James, I believe as well. And he will show you things to come. In verse 14, And he shall glorify me, and he shall receive of mine, and shall show it unto you. This morning, I'm thankful for the Holy Ghost. Amen. As one old preacher put it, I've been saved, sanctified, and filled with the Holy Ghost. An old song years ago in an old movement, amen, years ago it said, It's the Holy Ghost and fire that's keeping me alive. How many lift your hand to heaven and say, Thank God for the Holy Ghost. Amen. Thank God for His Spirit this morning. I'm saved, I've been sanctified, and I'm filled with the Holy Ghost. Amen. It doesn't mean I'm perfect and I got it all together, but I've got the Spirit of God. Amen. And I've got the Spirit of God living on the inside of me. And I'm so thankful for that today. Every once in a while, you just need to stop and say uh, to the Lord, Lord, thank you for filling me with the Holy Ghost. Amen. Amen. How many believe in the, in the baptism of the Holy Ghost? Let me see your hand. We do. We're a Spirit-filled church. We believe in, in the baptism of the Holy Ghost. We believe in speaking in tongues and with utterance and, and interpretation. We believe in prophecy. We believe in the gifts of the Spirit. We believe in the fruits of the Spirit. We believe in miracles and signs and wonders. Are you believing God for big things this year, anybody? Come on, are you believing God for miracles? Well, guess what? You're doing the right thing because He's a God of miracles. Amen. He's a God that speaks today. He's a God that shows us signs and wonders today. He's a God of miracles. Does anybody believe that? Amen. Hallelujah. And so I believe that. So as we read this and go through this uh, this morning, I just want to talk to you about the Holy Ghost, the spirit of prophecy. And the Bible says, also it talks about it in John 15, not going to read that. But one of the most uh, significant things that Jesus talks about when he's talking about the Spirit of God, His Spirit coming, the Holy Ghost, is talking about the abiding presence. And of course we don't have time to go into it, but you can see that in the Old Testament, how that God would come down and He would abide in His tabernacle. He, would, he did it with Moses and David and, and Solomon and he would come and abide in his tabernacle is what it says. Or he would come and he would dwell among his people. And he would, that means to live, to hang out, to camp with his people. And so uh, the abiding presence. How many can lift your hand to heaven and say, I know about the abiding presence of the Lord. Amen. Well, if you've got the Holy Ghost, you've got the abiding presence of God. Jesus said uh, that he's going to be with you always. But then first of all, let me back up and says that Jesus actually said, I'm not going to leave you. He said, I'm going to leave, but it's like I never left. I'm going to send you my spirit. And he's going to live with you, and he's going to speak with you, and he's going to be as if I never left. Amen. I'm going to give you my spirit. Amen. How many are, are, are thankful for that right there, that God said he'll never. What? And Jesus fulfilled what? 
He said way back in the Old Testament that I'm never leave you nor forsake you. I will be a father to you and you will be my children. Amen. That I will walk in you. I will walk among you. I will walk inside of you. Amen. And you will hear my voice. How many know when Jesus said the Holy Ghost is coming, it was a fulfillment of what God promised His people from the very beginning. Amen. That He would never leave us nor forsake us. Amen. How many believe that Jesus is with us always? Amen. Jesus is with us always. Aren't you glad that you don't have to post amen this morning? You can say amen this morning. Amen. Amen. If you want to give a fire emoji, you can do that as well. Amen. So the abiding presence. The Holy Spirit will be with you. Jesus said that He's with you now and He will be with you. That's His Spirit. That's Him. And He said He's going to be with you forever. Forever. Why forever? Because, amen, it's the Spirit of an eternal God. And he said he's going to be with you forever. Now he had said one point to the end of the age, but then he said forever. How many know forever means forever? Forever doesn't mean after the apostles died. Forever means forever. Amen. So Jesus is going to be with us forever because he's sending the Holy Ghost is what he's saying and telling them. And he's already done that. We know that. And so many of us know that because we've received him by the baptism of the Holy Ghost. Amen. How many know your spirit was born again? Amen. And then he did something miraculous. He baptized you in the spirit. Amen. Is that right? Hallelujah. And so I'm so thankful for that. So let's move on. But Jesus was saying that it's, it's as, as if I never left. And so I believe that the Holy Ghost uh, doesn't leave you because you're sick. Come on, somebody. The Holy Ghost doesn't leave you because you lose your job. The Holy Ghost doesn't leave you because you're going through marital problems or going through divorce. How many know He said, I'm never going to leave you nor forsake you. Amen. You can be in the IC and in the operating table right now. God is not going to leave you. Amen. He said, I'm going to be with you always. Some people believe that everything's going good. He's with me. And then when it's not going so good, He kind of abandoned me. How many know He said, I'm going to be with you Always, amen, through every storm, through every problem, through every trial, the Bible says many are the afflictions of the righteous. You thought when you got saved all your problems were going to be over. Uh-uh. How many know the Bible says many are the afflictions of the righteous, but what? But the Lord delivers them out of them all, amen. And I'm so thankful for the abiding presence. Let me a couple things that Jesus spoke about, and I'm going to try to do it in the order that he did, not that that's a big deal. But number one, he said, I'm your comforter. I'm going to be your comforter. And so we see this. Jesus says, the comforter's coming. He's going to comfort your hearts. And how many know when Jesus was walking the earth, there was something so comforting and reassuring about the presence of God being on the earth? Come on, just living and breathing, God was there. And uh, he said, again, that comfort is going to come to your heart. And this can mean so many things, that whether we're going through a hard time or when we need peace or when we need comfort, He is our comforter. Amen. Aren't you glad that He's our comforter? But He's also the one that brings security to the truth that Jesus is real. He comforts our hearts. He brings that, that assurance of salvation. He comforts our hearts. Is that right? And then He said, the Spirit of truth. A couple times He says, the Spirit of truth. The Holy Ghost is the spirit of truth. I'm not going to get into this. You could, we could teach a lot about this, but I want to get to something else. The spirit of truth. Jesus said that the world cannot receive the spirit of truth because it hasn't seen him and doesn't know him. Someone said, well, I'm, I'm, I've got the Holy Ghost, but I'm not born again. How many know that's not possible? 
Anybody? Come on, that's not possible. Amen. You need to repent, amen, and be baptized and filled with the Holy Ghost. In fact, the Bible says in 1 John 4, 13, that this is how we know that we dwell in Christ and He dwells in us because He has given us His Spirit. John 7, 38, Jesus said, To him that believes on me, as the Scriptures say, out of his belly shall flow rivers of living water. How many know you got to believe on Jesus before you receive the Holy Ghost? Amen. Got to be born again. And God gives us the Holy Spirit. He gives it to those who are His. That's what the Bible says. And, and I believe that the Holy Spirit, I've seen it in my life and other people's lives, that the Holy Spirit comes to set us free from the false religious attitude or spirit of bondage. Come on, any kind of bondage. How many know the Holy Spirit comes to set you free? He does not lead you into bondage. He sets you free from bondage. Is that, is that right? Is that correct? Amen. And the Spirit of truth, when He comes, Jesus said, He makes things clear. How many believe that the Spirit of God makes things clear? He doesn't muddy things. He doesn't make the mysteries of God even more confusing. He gives revelation and understanding to the, the mysteries of God so that we can understand them. You have anybody that says, I'm filled with the Holy Ghost, and they leave you more confused about the Word of God than before, amen, maybe not moving correctly in the Holy Ghost, amen, because He's come to make it clear. How many know truth is clear? Truth is clear, and He said the Spirit of truth is coming, and He's going to lead you, and He's going to guide you into the truth. And so I believe that He clarifies the things of God. He doesn't confuse people. The Holy Ghost does not confuse your mind. He does not oppress your mind. Come on, somebody. Amen. It's usually because I haven't been really following and listening to the Holy Spirit that I get more confused. Is there church people in here? Amen. So the, the third thing I see is that the Holy Ghost, Jesus said, is your teacher. He will teach you. That's what the word means. And the Holy Spirit and the Comforter means teacher. He is to teach you all things, the Bible says, number one. Number two, to bring to mind the teachings of Jesus. Aren't you glad that God helps our mind? Amen. He helps us. And, and, he, and He helps us walk through the teachings of Jesus and learn the teachings of Jesus. In 1 John chapter 2, verse 27, says this, But the anointing which you have received of Jesus abides in you. How many know that's that describes the Holy Spirit? And you need not that any man teach you, but as the same anointing teaches you all things and is truth. And is no lie, even as he's taught you that you will abide in him. Amen. How many know if you follow the Spirit of God, you're not going to get off base? You're not going to get away from the things of God. You're going to draw closer to the things of God. Amen. Amen. That's, I'm just trying to be clear this morning. Amen. And so also the Bible says that uh, fourthly, that the Holy Ghost will testify of Jesus. How many know he testifies of Jesus? That Jesus is the Son of God. When G when, how many when Jesus asked the disciples, who do you say that I am? What did Peter say? You are the Christ, the Son of the living God. And Jesus said, flesh and blood had not revealed this to you, but my Father in heaven. The Holy Ghost re revealed and testified that Jesus is the Son of God. How many know that's what we want and we're praying for our neighbors and our loved ones that they're going to see and know and understand that Jesus is the Son of the living God. Amen. 
Is that right? I am. And, uh, we're, we're, and, and the Holy Ghost testifies of Jesus. He doesn't testify of a system. He doesn't testify of a church. He doesn't testify of an organization or a man or an idol. He testifies of Jesus. Amen. So the Holy Ghost testifies of Jesus. And you know what that means? That He doesn't lead you into strange revelations about God. Amen. Fifthly, the Bible says that the Holy Ghost reproves the world. He's come to reprove the world of sin, of righteousness, and judgment. That's what the Holy Ghost does. And then the other thing is that He guides. The Bible says, Jesus said this word, that He will guide you into all truth. Of course, we know that means to lead you. Jesus said that He was the great shepherd. My sheep hear my voice, right? I know them and they follow me. How many know anybody that claims that they're following Jesus and they worship Buddha or worship a false god, how many know they're not being led by the Spirit? Anybody? They're not being led by the Spirit. But Jesus said uh, that the Holy Ghost will guide you into all truth. Amen. We're not guided by the wind. We're not guided by the stars or a chart or cards or a ball, or we're not guided by, uh, you know, numbers or angels. You're not guided by dead saints. You're guided by the Holy Ghost. Amen. And he said this. He said, uh, also, he said that the Holy Ghost would speak. He said he would not speak of himself, but he's going to speak of the things that I tell him or that I communicate. He's going to repeat those things. He's going to give those things from my heart. He's going to speak. How many know the Holy Ghost speaks? Yes, He does. And we see it in the book of Acts. The Bible says when the Holy Ghost came, that they were all filled with the Holy Ghost and began to speak in other tongues and prophesy as the Spirit gave them utterance. How many know the Holy Ghost speaks? Amen. And it talks about tongues of fire and prophecy and all those things. And so I believe that the Holy Ghost speaks. And so uh, the other thing that I see Jesus said that uh, the Holy Ghost would do is that He would glorify Jesus. He would glorify. He wouldn't just testify of Jesus, but He would glorify Jesus. Amen. How many know Jesus is glorified over all principalities and powers, mights and dominions, the Bible says, over every name that's named in heaven and earth and under the earth. The name of Jesus is glorified. Amen. In the book of Revelation, John said, I saw people throwing down their crowns and bowing down to Jesus. Amen. Come on, somebody. How many know he's crowned with many crowns? Amen. Hallelujah. He's King of kings and Lord of lords. He sits at the right hand of the Father. And all heaven and all earth, the Bible says, worship him. Amen. Amen. I haven't preached for a couple weeks, so it's going to take a couple weeks worth of a sermon. Anyways, just kidding. But he's going to glorify Jesus. So he's going to show you what is of Christ and what is not of Christ. He's going to glorify. The things that glorify the Lord, the Holy Ghost is going to lead you there. How many know worship glorifies the Lord? When you worship the Lord in thanksgiving and, and, and praise and adoration, that glorifies the Lord. He glorifies Jesus. Amen. And I just want to add to this that I believe that, and I see in the Scriptures that when we begin to glorify Jesus, heaven begins to open up and come down. Why? Because in heaven every knee bows to Jesus. Amen. And so uh, the last thing I want to bring out about what Jesus taught about the Holy Ghost is that He will reveal things to come. 
And he also reveals things that happened, things that were written, things that were spoken, and he reveals things that have not yet happened. How many believe that? I believe that he has come to reveal. How many believe the Holy Ghost has come to reveal? Amen. This is kind of a, you know, just a good rhetorical, you know, thing. He just comes to reveal. So things that, that, that haven't been revealed, Jesus said, he's going to bring them back. But he's going to bring back the teachings that I've said. He's going to, and in fact, Jesus gives his commission and he said that you are to teach all nations everything I taught you. Amen. All the teachings of Jesus, you're to teach other people. Why? Because you've got the Holy Ghost and He's teaching you what I taught you. Amen. And so the Holy Ghost reveals. In the book of Joel, we see that there was a prophecy that Peter, of course, in Acts 2.38 stood up, or in Acts 2, stood up and began to quote from, Acts, or from Joel 2. And when we see that when God pours out His Spirit, uh, there's going to be prophecy, there's going to be dreams, there's going to be visions, and it's all part of the revealing of what God does through the Holy Spirit. Amen. That He reveals things. He reveals things to us. He reveals things to people. He reveals things to, to uh, you know, many people think, well, He only reveals it to pastors or to prophets. No, He reveals it to those that are filled with the Holy Ghost. Come on, somebody. Amen. And He reveals it to, the whole, to those that are filled. And I believe that, and when I see the Scriptures, that, that a new understanding, uh, what the Bible calls revelation, is what we, we would call a new understanding on what's been written. When you, get a, a, when you get an understanding, a true understanding and clarity on what God's already spoken, it's called revelation. It's a revelation of what God has already said. A lot of, come on somebody. Now, I mean, you know, you're thinking, well, there's all kinds of revelations out there and everything. But how many know every revelation has got to line up with what already has been written? Anybody? Oh yeah, amen. That's what we believe in this church. We are... We are word-bound in this church. Amen. We believe in the Word of God. But also, uh, if you notice, and taking notes that the Holy Spirit is, uh, really, you receive the Holy Spirit by asking. Luke chapter 11, uh, Jesus gave the analogy, and He said at the end, He said, Your heavenly Father will give the Holy Spirit to anyone who asks. And we, we receive the Holy Spirit by asking. We receive the Holy Spirit by faith. Can you say amen? We receive Him by faith. I, I did. And because uh, I read my Bible and Mark 11 says, when, when you pray, believe what you ask for. James chapter 1 says, ask without wavering. Ask in faith without wavering. How many know the just live by faith? Right? Without faith, it's impossible to please God. And also, the Holy Spirit is given to those who are obedient to His Word. In Acts chapter 5, verse 32, it says, We are His witnesses of, witnesses of, his, of these things, and so is the Holy Ghost, whom God hath given to them that obey Him. Amen. So the Holy Ghost is given to those that obey Him. Remember this, that the Holy Ghost is the Spirit of truth. He will guide you, and He will reveal things to you. Amen. That's what we talked about. And so I, I, I know also through the Scriptures and personal experience that the Holy Spirit uses our perception, He uses our intuition and our foreknowledge of things and that helps us make decisions and shows us things and reveals things to us. The Bible says in both Jesus' experience and in Paul's experience that both Jesus said it and Paul, they said, I perceive, I perceive. How many know there's times that you perceive something? 
I'm not going to get into that, but that's how God can speak to you. There's a perception. Jesus said, I perceive uh, that you are here not to hear the truth. You're here to trick me. Amen. How many know God? He knew God. God said He knew His hearts. God knows our hearts, right? And Jesus said He knew why those people were there, and He perceived that they wanted to deceive Him. Paul said to the to the one man who thought he was saved, but he he just thought he could buy the Holy Ghost. Paul said, "I perceive you are in the gall of bitterness." Amen. How many know God uses our, our those things, and we're not going to get into that. But anyways. So God has given every believer, and so moving on, and I believe that the Holy Ghost has been given, and how many believe that it's by the Spirit of God that we are anointed for service? We are anointed to do what God wants us to do in the earth. Jesus said, these works shall you do, and greater works shall you do. Well, if Jesus was anointed to do the work of the Father, how many know we're anointed to do the work of the Father? Amen. And so He anoints us with the Holy Ghost. He gives us His Spirit to do His will. And so I believe that every believer, every, every believer in Jesus Christ has a purpose. They have a place. They have gifts to fulfill the call of God or the will of God or to, like Jesus, to do the work of God in the earth. Every believer. How many, are, how many believers do we have here today? Come on, let me see your hand. Every believer has a purpose. Do you, do you believe that? Every believer has a place in the body of Christ or in Jesus and every believer has been given gifts and special abilities by God through the Spirit to do what He wants us to do in the earth. And one of the things we teach here is that with spiritual gifts, that really that spiritual gifts serve at this purpose. Number one, to glorify God. Spiritual gifts glorify the Lord. They edify other believers or the church. And they're a sign of God's power and love to those that don't know Him. That's what it's about spiritual gifts. And so I, I uh, have seen and we taught that we need to be good stewards of the gifts that God gives us. How many believe we need to good, be good managers and good stewards of what God gives us? And so um, we see that and, and we, we get that from the Bible. Jesus taught that and Paul taught that about the gifts of the Spirit and about the things that God has given us. And Paul went on and he began to talk about that we should desire spiritual gifts. That it's okay and it's actually a good sign of a healthy Christian to desire spiritual gifts. Not to lust after them for power, right? Come on. But to desire spiritual gifts. And so he says that we should desire spiritual gifts. And then he goes on and he begins to teach a little bit more. And then he goes and he says to covet earnestly the best gifts. Now he's talking about this in 1 Corinthians chapter 12. At the very end of it, you read it in the last verse, he says, uh, that I, in verse, a couple verses, and then he says, I'm going to show you a more excellent way, talking about character over the gifts and the love and all that. But uh, one of the things he makes clear is he's talking about prophecy. And in, first Corinthians, in the Corinthian church, especially in the Corinthian church, he really had to teach them a lot about prophecy. And, and we know that the Spirit of God, the Holy Ghost, speaks through prophecy. How many believe that? Let me see your hand. Amen. Today. Yeah, we believe that. That the Holy Ghost speaks today as He did in the Old Testament under the Old Covenant through prophecy. I believe that God speaks through prophecy today. Well, we all believe that in our church. That's one of our foundational things. We believe that. We believe in the Word of the Lord. And so Paul said, desire or covet. He used that word covet. Don't have time to get into this. Covet earnestly the best gifts. 
And he's speaking of prophecy and some of the other gifts, but especially about prophecy. But I want you to notice that the best gifts do not make you better than everyone else. The best gifts are those gifts that God has given to build up the church the most. To build up other Christians the most. So people walk around like they have prophets and they're prophesying as if they're better than other people. No, you may have the best gift as Paul talked about, but that's not the most important gift or make you better than other people. Is that okay? doesn't make you better than everybody. Come on, it just says that is the most important gift that will build the church. Because he says that speaking in tongues builds you up, but prophecy builds up the church. Come on, somebody. Amen. It builds up the church. And so he had to talk to him a lot about this. And um, so we see through the teachings, and I want you to get through this quickly. We see through the teachings that the number one reason for prophecy is edification, not personal guidance or fortune telling. Amen. It just got quiet in here. Let me explain a couple things to you. There's, there's what they call forth telling. So that's to tell forth or to publish abroad. That's what we do, and the, and the Lord gives us that instructions. It's forth telling. There's a foretelling. That's to tell something beforehand uh, by supernatural means, things that will happen or are going to happen. But there is fortune telling. Is that right? There's fortune telling. And, and you say, well, Brother Matt, what are you talking about that for? Everybody knows that's wrong. Well, I, I have seen with my own eyes and heard with my own ears people that are not born again, that are actually involved in witchcraft and the occult, prophesy over other people. So a lot of you know this. You come out of this. Fortune telling. This is predicting information about a person's life with the practice of divination. Or using whether it's cards or whether it's charts or stars or numbers or beings, or signs, and all kinds of things, or years, come on, calendars, whatever. It's trying to predict information about people's lives. And I, I feel that sometimes, uh, usually around the beginning of the year, if we're not careful, we tend to lean a little bit in this area of what is my future going to be for this year. Now, I believe in giving vision and casting vision. There's nobody that really champions that more than I do. Casting vision, talking about vision, what God's saying for this year. I believe in that. But if you've got to get online and you've got to search and search and search to see what God's saying for this year, and I need to, I need to know, God, what are you predicting for this year? Maybe you're not really walking by the Spirit. Maybe you're going in another direction. You know, if you have to run to, to, to somebody every two seconds and you got somebody special that nobody knows about that you got to text and say, what, does, what is my, my future like? What, is, what, what am I going to do this year? Am I going to be rich or am I going to be poor? How many know we don't shake the dice and find out what's going to happen in our life? We seek the Lord. Amen. And so there's a difference, isn't there? In all prophecy, I, I really like this teaching from a very solid teaching. I know that my father's had uh, Dr. Bill Hammond's, Bishop Bill Hammond's books for years on prophecy. He's got a school of prophecy and ministry. He's given some really good applica practical applications about prophecy. He wrote a book about prophecies and the pitfalls of it. Really good. And, and he used to share that there's three things about prophecy that you've got to take in consideration. That it is conditional, that it's partial, and it is progressive. Now, I don't have time to get into that. There's a great teaching on all this.
this. Uh, but the, what the Bible says, there's five things that the Bible talks about, the prophecies it brings out. Number one, it's the testimony of Jesus. In the book of Revelation 19.10, it says, For the testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. Or, for the essence of prophecy is to give clear a clear witness for Jesus. It is the message confirmed by Jesus. Or, his life and teaching are the heart of prophecy. That's what it says. So, the testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. There is the gift of prophecy. In 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 10, we see that there's... Uh, named among the gifts are is the gift of prophecy. That means that any place, any time God speaks to you, you can prophesy. You don't have to work it up, work it up, work it up. It just that's a gift. How many know what a gift is? It's a gift. Amen. It's just a gift, and so God gives the gift of prophecy. And then there's also what we see presbytery. We do, we we exercise this and believe in this. And we do this. Presbytery. That's a, a team of of prophets. Those who are have the gift of prophecy. And they uh, usually at an ordination or a dedication or some type of uh, a formal meeting with these, these brothers and other witnesses. And usually and sometimes there is an impartation of a gift at those meetings. We see this in 1 Timothy chapter 4 verse 14. He says to stir up the gift that was given to you by the laying of hands of the presbytery. We see that. We believe in that and practice that. Then also there is prophetic preaching. How many know Jonah and Moses did, moved in prophetic preaching? Jesus moved in prophetic preaching. There's times that we are invited to go to a church or a place, and we don't just stand up and say, well, I guess I'll give them my best sermon ever. We pray and say, God, what are you speaking to the hearts of the people here that we can give them what you're saying, something that's very relevant and very, come on, to them, and we are praying for, that's prophetic preaching. And sometimes you don't even know you're saying it. Sometimes you're just saying stuff and people said, well, man, you said exactly what God told me or what I'm going through or, or what, you know, come on, how many know I'm talking about? And you just, I don't know, I'm just sharing the word or I'm just sharing this or I just put that out there. That's prophetic preaching, amen. I've heard a lot of pathetic preaching, but no, there's prophetic preaching, amen. And hopefully I've never done that. Anyway, so, and then there's the office or ministry of a prophet. And we see that in Ephesians chapter 4. Let me move through this quickly. In, a, in a, uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 14, 3, anyone who prophesies or he who prophesies speaks what? Three things, edification, exhortation, and comfort to men. He who speaks in a, a tongue edifies himself, but he who prophesies edifies the church. So prophecy is given. God says those who prophesy speak edification, exhortation, and comfort to men. Very powerful, very important. Paul even went on to say that you may all prophesy. Amen. That you may all prophesy. How many know when the Holy Ghost moves on your heart, amen. I don't know about you. How many have ever prophesied? Come on, the Holy Ghost moved on you. It wasn't something you did all the time. It wasn't something you thought about before. It was just something you felt. We called an unction, just the Spirit of God. And you said, and, and, and I, I, this is what God's saying, or I feel this. Come on, how many have ever done that? That is, amen, it moves on, and it usually comes. God speaks, and He wants to encourage somebody. He wants to edify others. He wants to comfort people's hearts. Amen. And uh, people don't have to say, thus saith the Lord, to prophesy. People don't have to speak in King James to, to prophesy. There's people that have just texted me and they just said, I was praying for you today and I'm praying for the peace of God to be in your heart. And I said, that was prophetic. Come on, anybody, come on, amen. And so we know that, amen. And we'll talk about this later, but I just want to move on. 
Uh, but in 1 Corinthians 13, it says, and keep in mind, that we prophesy in part. We prophesy in part. That means you only have a piece of the larger picture. You prophesy in part. Just as teachers, they only know in part. Amen. We prophesy in part. It's a piece of a larger picture. And so I, not every person knows everything about everybody all the time. Only what the Spirit of God reveals to them. Many people, I've been around people, prophets, or they move in prophecy, and I've been scared half to death. Right? Come on, they're going to know everything about me. They're going to know, they're going to read my mail. I, as a kid, I'll never forget, we had this woman that would come, and she would move in the prophetic, Sister Gamble. Scared me half to death. Well, she was, she was kind of, you know, you, 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 you kind of respected her anyways. That's just her personality, but... She got to preaching and prophesying and all this stuff. And I'll never forget, I was in a, we were in a tent meeting, and she was there, and a powerful preacher, and just a great minister. And I was sitting in like the third or fourth row with all my friends, and we were cutting up the whole time. She got off that platform and started heading our way. Brother, we got spiritual in a hurry. I looked as holy as I could at that moment, as humble and reverent as I could, because I did not want her to call me out and start reading my mail. Come on, somebody. Amen. But how many know, I found out she only knows in part. Amen. I love Brother Wilson, Dr. Wilson, and he'll tell you himself, I only know what God shows me. Amen. Hallelujah. All right, we know that. So that means that even godly people can, can sometimes misinterpret what they hear from the Lord. And they can have wrong interpretations of what they're hearing from the Lord. And, and Paul insists that each prophecy be evaluated. 1 Corinthians 14, 29. And then he warns us not to quench the spirit or despise prophecy. He told us, he said, do not forbid to speak in tongues and do not uh, uh, despise prophecy. Instead, we are to test them, keeping what is good and rejecting what is evil. The Bible says in 1 Thessalonians 5, 19 and 22. Is this all right today? All right. Amen. And, and uh, I'm not looking for approval, just making sure I can go more. All right. So, but, but, you know, we have to prove all things. The Bible says that we should prove all things. How many know you got to prove all things? If someone says that you're going to get a million dollars this week, how many know you're going to prove that thing? If someone says, and said, God told me this and God told me that, how many know you just got to, uh, you can't just run out the door and say it's going to happen no matter what. Sometimes you got to wait on that and prove what God said. Is that of the Lord? It was it God. What, come on. The Bible says that when the angel of the Lord came to Mary and spoke to her about what she couldn't even see, what was unthinkable, come on, revealed to her what was going to happen. She didn't see it, didn't know it. The Bible says she pondered these things in her heart. Until all of a sudden she noticed a little bump going there. And realized, oh, this is the Lord. Amen. This is God. Amen. And she proved, amen, the word of the Lord. Amen. And so I want to also tell you and let you know that not everyone who prophesies is a prophet. Amen. Not everybody prophesies as a prophet. Amen. Many call themselves, there's a lot of social media, self-proclaimed social media prophets out there, and they're not prophets. But they can prophesy, but they're not necessarily prophets. Let's move on. Amen. I hear a crush. No, just kidding. Anyways, so as this church, one of the things we do, we recommend 
so to everybody that if, if you're not called to be a prophet, if that's not your thing, we recommend no dates, no mates, no states. That's easy, isn't it? Amen. We just say let's 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 just encourage each other and move. If you feel you've got dates or mates or states for somebody, let's get a lot of confirmation on that. How many know that that unless you're confirmed prophet and it's been confirmed by many people on multiple occasions, you don't just simply run away with what everybody says is from the Lord. Because not everybody that prophesies is a prophet. Amen. And so we just say that in our church, let's be safe. No dates, no mates. No states. Amen. Please don't get up and say, well, God showed me and I had a dream and I had a word for you that you're moving to Arizona tomorrow. I mean, no, you got to question that one, right? You're gonna, we're going to pray about it. Let's put it that way. You're going to pray about that one. Amen. Amen. Well, maybe some are you already thinking about Arizona. Maybe I should say something else. Or you're, you're called to Indonesia tomorrow, you know, and you're like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Amen. Let's get some confirmation on this one. Amen. But also the Bible talks about things that are Conditional, and it's things by conditions. And that's not making an excuse for people, that's reality. Most of the time, if you study uh, prophecy in the Bible, especially the Old Testament prophecy, you'll see that it's the conditional on repentance or obedience. Is that right? Jeremiah 18 says this, God told Jeremiah, If at any time I announce that a nation or kingdom is to be uprooted, torn down, and destroyed, and if that nation I warned repents of its evil, I will then relent and not inflict on it the disaster I had planned. And then he turns around and said, If that city is blessed and I tell them to repent and they don't, I'm going to bring disaster on that city. And you know, but the Bible says, and God told Moses, he said, stand aside, Moses, I'm going to wipe him out, I'm going to do this. But the Bible says, because he stood in the gap, God held back his anger, his judgment. Is that right? Jonah, he said, I'm going to wipe him out, go down and tell him. He said, but because they repented and they put on sackcloth and repented before me, amen, I'm okay with them now. Paraphrasing, is that right? Come on. For obedience, and we know that, and uh, so we got to we got to take that in consideration. And so I think believe that there's instances where God's uh, now there, you got to also study this in Jeremiah, where there's instances where God said that people have prophesied out of their own heart, they have prophesied out of their own visions of their mind, and that's what the, what it says, and He uses that word. But if you read that scripture, um, it, it does talk about people that prophesied out of their own visions of their heart. But read it on in verse 16 and 17 and and then 26. It says that people that were prophesying uh, to others who were stubborn against the Lord. And people who despised God, they were prophesying peace. They were prophesying blessing. and And the Bible says that's not true prophecy. That is false. I mean, no, that he's, and he specifically said it. He said, you're prophesying on of your own heart because you're impressed with these people who despise me. You want their friendship and you want their, their uh, uh, approval, so you're going to tell them peace when I haven't spoke peace to them. Amen? I mean, no, we got to be careful. Amen? Amen. If people are, are in rebellion and running from God willingly and sinfully, I mean, over and over, and God is dealing and dealing, you, you need to just hold off on saying that God is blessed with your life. God is pleased with you. No, we, we've got to hear God. Is that right? Amen. All right. We've got to move on. All right. And I've heard this many times that just because someone prophesies and it didn't come to pass, that they are a false prophet. 
And uh, I, I've never, one of the names I've never been called, but I'm sure it'll happen. Amen. I've been called probably every villain in the Old Testament. But, but we say, well, this false prophet. It's a false prophet. It's a false prophecy. And, uh, and, then, and, and then we go to Deuteronomy. Deuteronomy chapter 18, verse 22. It says, when a man who speaks from God or, or for God speaks in the name of the Lord, and what he says does not come true, that the word or that word is not from the Lord. The man has spoken presumptuously or on his own. Do not be afraid of him. That's what it says. And then we read in Matthew 24 that then many false prophets will rise up. And talking about in the last day, in the day we believe we're living in the last day, and deceive many. For false Christs and false prophets will rise and show great signs and wonders so as to deceive, if possible, even the elect. And, and uh, also in 1 John chapter 4, verse 1. Beloved, believe not every spirit, but test the spirits whether they have God, because many false prophets have gone out into the world. And then he goes on and says that any spirit that denies that Jesus is the Christ or the Son of God is of the Antichrist, is not of God. Amen. And so we see here, and as we study in the Scriptures, that false prophets, along with false Christ, purposely deceive God's people. This isn't somebody who had a really good intention, really good heart. They love God. They're praying and they prophesy and it didn't come to pass. That's not a false prophet. False prophet is someone who purposely is trying to deceive God's people. Amen. Amen. Let's move on. Amen. So this happens when people are, are consciously, they consciously decide to disobey the principles of God and they choose to mix in other practices that are not of God, especially in their own life. This is false prophets. They are taking a little bit of Hinduism. They're taking a little bit of, uh, you know, whatever it is and all this other stuff. They're taking this and taking, and taking Scripture and they're mixing it all together and they're saying this is of God. How many know that's a false Christ? That's a false prophet. Amen. Hallelujah. All right. So and then also in Matthew chapter 7. He said, Beware of false prophets who come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly they are ravenous wolves. Genuine prophets, according to Jesus, genuine prophets are known by their fruit. Matthew chapter 7, You shall know them by their fruit. Amen. Not by their gifts. Hello, somebody. Not by their gifts. You will know who is genuine and who is false by their fruit fruits. The Bible says also in Matthew 7 that a good tree cannot produce bad fruit and a bad tree cannot produce good fruit. And you don't have to guess with fruit. It's visible. You don't have to go back and say, well, I wonder if he's really a believer. I really wonder if he's really right and living right. No, you will see it with your eye. That's what fruit is. Fruit is visible to everybody. How many know the roots aren't visible, but the fruit is visible? And whatever's in the roots eventually will come out in the fruit. Amen. And so we know this, that Jesus said in Matthew 7, this is how we know who is a false prophet. And let me just quickly go through this. I know I'm taking a little bit. But it says this, and I just want to give you this, that a false prophet is not someone who gives a bad or inaccurate word. It is someone who prophesies from a wrong spirit or an evil heart. Amen. The Bible says that the Spirit of the Lord departed from Saul and an evil spirit came in on Saul and tormented him. 
I mean, I believe we would say he's a little bit possessed, okay? Not by the Spirit of God. But he went in among the prophets of God and began to prophesy. But the Bible says it wasn't true. It was a lying spirit. The Bible even says that God said, because you want to believe a lie, I'm going to bring to you a lying spirit are going to come on these false prophets and they're going to prophesy to you a lie. Now many of us are scared. Well, how do I know a lie? You will know if you're in the Holy Ghost, if you're in God, if you're born again, you will know whether it's of God or it's of not of, not of God. Come on somebody, amen. God's not going to trick you. God's not going to allow you to come to the place where, well, I just feel that, oh, and the next thing you know, the devil came on me. No, you will know whether it's of the Lord or whether it's not of God. Amen? If someone says that I see you, you're going to turn into a female angel and you're going to have rubies on your head. How many of you know that's not the spirit of the Lord? That is a familiar lying spirit. Someone says that you need to divorce your Christian husband, your Christian wife, and you need to marry two or three other women. In fact, you need to go and sleep with the opposite sex, and that's God's will for your life. That's a lying spirit. Amen. We're not going to get into that. Well, let's just get into this real quick. Let me give you this quickly, just so we know, that a false prophet is able to prophesy accurately from a demonic spirit. Amen. Let me tell you my real quick, moving on, my experience. When I was young, going to Bible school, I was working in a grocery store, and uh, you know, and so that was my job, and so part time. And I'll never forget that we had, uh, I had heard that there was a woman that was trying to come. She was a, a psychic palm reader and things like that, and she was trying to come into the area. She was approaching city council there in that little town because she wanted to get, uh, you know, a permit for her business, and the the they they weren't, you know, it was kind of one of those things where they didn't want her there, but really couldn't you know, uh, do anything about it. And so we heard about that, and I knew that, that uh, you know, we said, well, we don't want any witchcraft here in this town, and so we were praying. But, you know, I didn't know who she was. I've never, I, I didn't even know her name. But I remember going around the corner, and I remember uh, stocking shelves, and you know something, you got to remember not to talk about your intimate secrets or whatever around people in the grocery store. They're listening. Okay, just so you know that. So I was listening and eavesdropping, okay. And so, you know, there she was, and she was talking, this woman was standing there, and, uh, you know, something didn't look quite right about her. And she was standing there and she was talking to two other women. And I overheard her say, oh, my goodness, I see good things for you this year. I see that you're going to get the job that you just applied for. <gasps> That's right. And then she turned to the other woman and says, I see that you recently went through a divorce. And I see that you have three children. And I see that you're, uh, you have this and that. And, and she's... Oh, yes, yeah, that's right. How, how did you know that? And this woman said, oh, oh no, the, I'm sorry, the two women said, oh, well, you know, we're, we're Christians. We, we're Christians. We, we, you know, we, we believe in prophecy, but, you know, and she said, oh, well, I come to you in the name of the Lord. And she was a witch. And yet she read their mail and she prophesied over them. After she left, I walked up to those women and I said, she's prophesying out of a spirit, but not the spirit of the Lord. I said, she's a witch and you need to just... You know, connect yourself from anything she just spoke into your life. Amen. Hallelujah. Come on, somebody. Amen. And so they will prophesy accurately out of a demonic spirit. Now, when she, after she was done prophesying, she gave her card and she said, I'll read your palm for free. I'll tell you your future more. How many know that's a demonic spirit? Is this okay? We're in a spirit-filled church today. All right. Amen. But So a false prophet operates in pride arrogance and with a haughty spirit 
Uh, a false prophet will operate from a spirit of divination, as we talked about, knowingly deceive people. They will knowingly use signs and wonders to deceive people. That's what Jesus said, lying signs and wonders. Uh, use flattery, seduction, and manipulation. That's Jezebel. They'll use that. Uh, they'll have a wounded heart, as we, as we see from the prophets of old, the false prophets of old. They will lose accountability to the scriptures and place themselves above the word of God. A false prophet will have a heart that is closed to new revelation and are unwilling to allow people to test their prophecies. Amen. A false prophet will seek to promote themselves and their own personal agenda. They'll prophesy for personal gain, either for wealth or influence or power over people or control. They will prophesy for personal gain. They prophesy what people want to hear for personal gain. In other words, like this woman said, give me $20 and I'll prophesy good things over your life. If you give me some money, I'll tell you good fortune. How many know that's not of the Lord? Not of the Lord. Amen. Amen. So we know that. And so I'm just trying to just talk about it. So false prophets will draw people, uh, of course we said this, to themselves, directly to themselves, instead of Jesus Christ. And it's not something that I've heard people be accused, well, he's just drawing people to his ministry, he's talking about his books, talking about his website. You know, and you, get, you pick that up with some people, sure, absolutely. But this is purpose. This is on purpose. They're, they're going to tell you, you don't need to go to a church, you need to come to my house, and I will prophesy over you good things. I mean, no, that's not of the Lord. Amen. Hallelujah. And so the last thing I just want to talk to you about false prophets is they do not walk in the fruit of the Spirit, which is love. They usually walk in anger, some type of hate, some type of, uh, you know, some kind of uh, separation from others. They, they will walk in, uh, they won't walk in love. And uh, let me just give you some, some warnings in closing that we, we uh, uh, really talk about in our growth track. Brother Anthony mentioned it. And in our growth track, one of the things we talk about, we talk about a spirit-filled life and walking in the spirit, the gifts of the spirit. But let me just throw out some things that we need to be careful. That uh, Be careful that one individual or a small group of individuals are not directing or controlling your affairs, your emotions, or your decisions by prophetic words, okay? Or by their prophetic counsel that they give. And that you are not dependent on their words alone. Oh my word! What, what should I do? What should I do? I got I got to call my I got to call my seer. I got I've heard people say that I've got to call my interpreter. Amen. How many know that's you're on dangerous ground? Amen. Don't don't get into that. Beware of that. Amen. Beware of individuals who cannot submit their words to any church leader, and they have to make every word secretive. Amen. Understand that prophecy is never intended to be used as a medium in place of God's word. And somebody say amen. amen. The Spirit and the Word agree. Amen. The, the Holy Ghost draws you closer to the Word, not away from the Word. Amen. Hallelujah. And it doesn't create a new Word. It doesn't create a new law or commandment or a new, come on, a new principle. Oh, I didn't know that I could worship cows and Jesus. No. How many know that's, amen. Hallelujah. All right. So let's be careful. So, and now, let me just say this, uh, you know, 
because the Spirit and the Word agree. I, I've had people say this. The Bible doesn't say who's going to be the next president, who I will marry, who, what my career will be. Uh, I need to hear. i got to get you know somebody that knows prophecy. I need to connect with them. I need to know what, who I'm going to marry, what my career is. How many know, uh, you know the Bible doesn't have to say those things in order for, to guide you? The Bible doesn't have to specifically talk about the iPhone. Amen. Or, or, you know, well, I've heard people, well, it doesn't, you know, as a teenager, we said, well, you know, the Bible doesn't say anything about this. Or the Bible doesn't say that we were trying to find loopholes in the Bible. I mean, the Bible doesn't have to say specifically about that in order for you to follow the word. Amen. In order for it to guide your life. Is that right? Amen. And so understand this, that every prophecy, dream, or vision has a condition and obedience to God's word. We talked about that. Understand that every prophecy, dream, or vision has a season and a time to be fulfilled. Receiving godly counsel and confirmation on any prophecy is always recommended. Always. Always. If someone says, you don't need another word of the Lord, you just listen to me. Okay. Amen. You need to pray about that. And uh, let me just say this and throw that out this. And I, and I said I was closing. That was my first one. But beware of prophetic declarations over your life. I'm going to give you a prophetic declaration. Be careful of those things. Uh, you didn't say they're always wrong. I just said be careful. Uh, because they're empty unless authorized by God. All right. Amen. Because his lamentation says this. Who can command and have it done if the Lord has not ordained it? Amen. Lamentations 3.37. And uh, I want to just tell you to beware of being guided by a seer or a supernatural director. This is the word that is a buzzword here lately. In the last few years in the church, I have a seer anointing on me. I have a seer anointing. Please be careful. Okay, I'm not telling you they're wrong. I'm just saying please be careful. And if they tell you that I'm your seer, that I'm your director, your spiritual guidance, I mean, no, you really need to get away from that person. Get away from that ministry, if they're, especially if they're asking for a check for a word of the Lord. Amen. So, and also, just in a practical sense, please beware, be conscious of dreams. Amen. When people say, I had a dream, I had a dream, I had a dream. The Lord showed me this dream. I had two dreams. I had three dreams last night, two dreams, four dreams. I had, I had eight dreams yesterday. You know, just, just be careful. Just be careful. How many know, I'm so glad that you haven't told your husband or your wife every dream you have. How many are glad that you didn't follow through on every dream that you had? Come on, somebody. Amen. Because there's a little bit too much of us involved. We need to hear more. We need to hear confirmation. I need to get confirmation. I've had wonderful dreams that were not from the Lord. I've had dreams I thought were from God that I thought. I, knew, I mean, it was a, but it wasn't. It wasn't the Lord. It turned out to be just me. Amen. And we used to joke about pizza dreams and and pizza words, and pro, you know, because it happens. If you eat too much Italian sausage before you go to bed, not only will you be up maybe with an upset stomach, you'll have some wild dreams. Throw in some tofu and broccoli, and it'll get crazy. <laughs> Amen. So just be careful. Now, the Bible says that there are dreams. I do believe that he did say it and talks about dreams and visions, but please, let's be careful because it seems with dreams we get a little more of ourselves involved and our emotions involved. A lot of times you dream about what you heard as a kid. I would dream about things that I haven't seen or heard for years. I would dream about, 
I'm going to get off a rabbit trail here. I'm not good at doing it, so don't worry, I'm not going to be on it long. I remember one night I had a dream about my fourth grade class. And I'll never forget, it was the strangest thing. I got up in the middle of the night and I wrote down everybody's name that I could remember and where they were sitting. This is so strange. I wrote down 28 names. And I can tell you today where most of them were sitting in the kids in my elementary class in fourth grade, in Ms. Stiber's class, or Shriver's class. And so, wouldn't you know it, this is the honest to goodness truth. It was not even a week later, I was in a restaurant and I saw my fourth grade teacher. I hadn't seen her before since fourth grade at that point. I saw her and I haven't seen her since. Strange. So I saw her, it was like a week and a half later, and I, we were talking and everything. Remember this guy, and uh, please forgive me, that came out. And uh, anyways, and... Uh, <clears throat> That's a joke. And anyways, uh, so I, I said, hey, now, Mrs. Shriver, how many kids were in my fourth grade? She was very smart, remembered all the kids. She said, now, there was about 32. She said, but by the time the, end, the school year ended, there was around 29. I was like, missed one. Now, I had a, now was that the, I don't know if it was the Lord, but it was, it was wild, wasn't it? It was a, kind of a weird coincidence. But I can't go around with every dream like that and say, well, I had it once, and every time I dream like that, that's of the Lord. Let's just be careful. Amen. I don't know why I said all that. Anyways, so, but dreams in the New Testament are personal, uh, usually with instructions. As many times Peter or Paul would have a dream, he had a dream of a man in Macedonia saying, please come over and help us. And it came to pass. So I'm also seeing that dreams in the Bible are literal, not just figurative. Not just figuratively. Not just, you know, I saw you, you know, uh, you know dancing with an angel and then there was an elephant and, and then there was, you know, this big old rainbow that led down to the skyscraper and then you were on the street. It's not figuratively as much, okay? Let's just be careful uh, that some of those dreams God gives us are very literal. They're very literal. And so that's what I see in the New Testament. Let's be led by that. So let's be careful that when uh, there's more symbolism than Scripture. Amen? I, I saw the head of a, a you know, dog, and, and then I saw a tail of a cat, and then I saw, what does that mean? I don't know. And they walk away. And you're like, I'm just totally messed up. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know which when to end to start with. <laughs> Amen. All right. Just be careful. Amen. Hallelujah. And so, just be careful of symbolism more than scripture. Um, but also, let's look at the book of Revelation. The book of Revelation. You say, well, brother, now that was not a dream. The Bible says John said, "I was in the spirit on the Lord's day, and I heard a voice from heaven." Then he said, "I turned and I saw the voice." Is that right? Jesus told John, "Write what you see." And what you hear. So it wasn't a dream. It was uh, really more of an experience. It was a visitation from the Lord. Amen. No, those are unusual. I've had those. Amen. Occasionally we had visions. But So let's be careful. Amen. And so, uh, and lastly, I just want to throw out, please beware of self-appointed prophets and social media prophets. Amen. Someone said, well, I've been sanctified by Facebook. Well, Let's take it up a little notch, let's get by sanctified by Jesus. Amen. Hallelujah. So, how many believe in the spirit of prophecy? Amen. I believe in that. How many believe in the Holy Ghost and the Holy Ghost has come? Amen. He's going to be our guide. He's going to be our teacher. Amen. He's our comforter. He's going to reveal things to us and it's going to glorify Jesus. It's going to testify of Jesus. Amen. So the world will know that God is real. Can you say amen? Amen. I'm going to talk to you, but stand on your feet in closing. Hallelujah. I'm so thankful for the Holy Ghost. Amen. Amen.
And you know, the Holy Ghost is not, uh, doesn't confine himself to a denomination. Aren't you glad for that? Amen. Whosoever will come and drink, Jesus said. Whoever's thirsty can receive the Holy Ghost. Whoever's hungry, Jesus said, if you're hungry for uh, you know, righteousness, you will be filled. Amen. And so I'm so thankful for that. But I just want to, in closing, take a second and uh, kind of just address uh, the elephant in the room. And I speak as your lead pastor and um, a spiritual leader in the community and a servant of the Lord as we all are. And um, this, uh, maybe this last week there was maybe a lot of confusion or disillusionment. Um, and I'm not speaking on behalf of a political party. Listen to me. Hear my heart. Not speaking on behalf of a person or political party. But there was a lot of prophecy in the last several months this last year uh, concerning the election. And a lot of you may be uh, wondering, having questions. I talked to somebody last night and have some questions. I've talked to people this week and talked to other pastors this week and friends of mine and, and uh, other pastors. And we, we, we have some questions. And, and um, so I wanted to talk to you today about prophecy and giving some principles. Uh, there was definitely people speaking the same thing and, and all kinds of different people and, and all kinds of unusual things that were happening. And and uh, there were exact, exact dates given, there was times, there was years that were given, specific things that were said. There was um, guarantees that were made. There were people that said, this is from the Lord, and it's guaranteed. And, and um, you know, as a church, you know, that's what we heard. That's what was being said. And, and uh, now I, 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 I'm a little disappointed in, in some ministries because... Um, they're, they're almost throwing it back on people and saying, well, I can't apologize for the gift. And I, I'm not responsible for what God says. And, and uh, you, the church didn't have enough faith or you didn't pray enough or, or, or you know, you, nobody obeyed right and you didn't. Listen, I believe, if anything, we just need to say it didn't come to pass. And we need to, if you believe that there was a word and a prophecy, you, you know, don't be so jumped to say everybody's a false prophet. And don't be so far to jump to say, I quit and I give up on God. I'm not telling you to quit and believe what, you, what God's put in your heart. I'm not telling you to do that. I, I don't want you to be discouraged. I don't want you to be, uh, any, have any disillusion about prophecy and people that prophesy. If you feel that God's word is still true and those things are going to happen, nobody's taking that from you. But I'm just going to tell you right now that people that turn it around and they won't say that, well, you know, let, we just didn't see it come to pass. I, I feel pastors and, and people that call themselves prophets need to say, you know, I don't know myself. How many know people would follow somebody that's real than always right? And I feel like some of these ministries just need to be real than rather try to be right. And, uh, but I, 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 you know, and then some people prophesy, they were prophesying about a revival and healing and this next year. And then those same people, it didn't work out for them, so they started prophesying about judgment. And I said, well, what is it going to be, revival or judgment? <laughs> So, you know what I mean? There's a lot of that. I'm just being honest and real with you this morning. And, but I want to just go through this and just say, let's just, first of all, I want to encourage you to check your heart. Let's, let's examine our heart today. Let's examine our heart and say, Lord, I, I did it for you. I didn't do it. I, I mean, if you, if you listen to those prophecies and you were really counting them, you know, it wasn't because I was, I was, I, was, I just believed God. I just, I wasn't necessarily I was trying to vote for this one person. It's just that I, I just love God and come on, amen, check your heart. Check your heart and see if you're angry and bitter. Check your heart. Check your heart and see if, if there's resentment and there's, you know, discouragement. Check your heart. Evaluate yourself and, 
And, and I just want to encourage you to please stop lashing out at other people. Just stop lashing out. You know, I, I notice there's a lot of people going back and forth online. Let, let's just take a break from that. Can we just stop trying to be right and let's just say, Lord, I'm going to take a break. And, you know, if they don't see it my way, I, there's no way I'm going to force it on them. I, you know, Lord, you know, if I feel that somebody's wrong, I, I'm just going to let you deal with them. You know, if I'm wrong, please deal with me. Is that right? Come on, somebody. And so, you know, I just want to encourage you to uh, just, you know, don't let bitterness in. Don't let resentment in one way or the other. You know, four years ago, people were crying and rejoicing. This week, people were crying and rejoicing. Eight years ago, 16 years ago, 20 years ago. It just happens every four years. And so don't let bitterness come in. And uh, let's live in forgiveness. Let's walk in forgiveness with other people. Uh, Let's keep the faith. Come on, somebody. Let's keep the faith. Let's believe God for our nation. I mean, I, I don't care who's in the White House. Never gives legitimacy to the church of Jesus Christ. I don't care who's in the White House. I don't care what kind of government we have. It really, I mean, I appreciate a good government, but man, it doesn't matter. That does not define the church of the Lord Jesus Christ. That does not hinder the church of Jesus Christ, and it does not legitimize the church of Jesus Christ. Can somebody say amen? Amen. Jesus already did that. And so keep the faith and focus on God's kingdom and God's heart and God's mission. Seek the truth. Look for the truth. Seek it out. You know, come on. The Holy Ghost is the spirit of truth. If you feel that there's error, seek the truth. Look for the truth. The Bible says that we are to love the truth. We are to want the truth like we want water, like we want food. We should want wisdom. We should want truth and understanding like we want water. Come on, somebody. Seek the truth. Pray for the truth. Pray that truth is revealed. Pray that the light comes in. Please don't pray that people get shot and hurt. Pray that people come enlightened and they find Jesus. Amen. And they come to the truth and they find righteousness because righteousness exalts a nation, not violence. Amen. So I want to encourage you to do that. And so I want to encourage you don't look to a man. Don't be wholly guided by prophecy and dreams. Don't lose your faith. and Don't stop pursuing Jesus Christ. I want to encourage you to be filled with the Holy Ghost today. Seek out the baptism of the Holy Ghost. Seek out the things of God. Run after God, as David said. Pursue Him. Amen. Pursue the Spirit of God. Pray in the Spirit. Pray with your understanding. Let the Lord guide you and lead you in prayer. Let the Lord lead you and guide you in your workplace, in your family, in your home. Let the Holy Ghost flow this week. Let the Holy Ghost have His way. Can we lift our hands to heaven and say, Lord, I thank you for the baptism of the Holy Ghost. I thank you, Lord, for the Spirit of God that has come to bring clarity, to bring truth, to testify of Jesus, to glorify your name, to reveal things to come, Lord. I thank you, God, that you are here as our comforter. You are here as the Spirit of truth. Lord, I embrace the Spirit of truth. I embrace you, God, and I thank you, Lord, that by your Spirit, you're not going to leave me. You're not going to forsake me, no matter what. I go through. You have the abiding presence. I It goes with me when I wake up, when I lie down, when I'm going wherever I am. You are with me, Lord, because you have given me your spirit. And I thank you, Lord. Help me be the light this week. Help me be the, Lord, that catalyst of hope. Lord, that beacon of light. Lord, help me be a conduit of your love. Help me, Lord, be generous on every occasion. Lord, faithful just to see the needs of others around me. Lord, I I pray that I need your help. Help me this week by leading me by your Spirit. In Jesus' name, and everybody said, 
Amen. God bless you if you're new. We want you to come in the lobby, have some coffee with us. Amen. We want to meet you and greet you. Everybody else, greet somebody before you leave and be blessed.